We welcome the Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are highlighting the PMO Christmas Show 2021 edition, and it's my privilege to welcome back to the podcast the Assistant Director of PMO, Jake Stensberg. Jake, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me back again. I love talking about our students and our performances, so this is always a really exciting time. Well, me too. I love uh, what you guys are doing up there. The PMO uh, Christmas Show is such a huge part of a wonderful production, a huge part of what Purdue does every year. So it's uh, exciting to talk about. And I know my listeners love it too. And I think we talked two years ago. We didn't do it last year, but two years ago, two years ago we talked. And that's still my fourth most listened to episode of all time. So we know- I think we can beat it. I think yeah. we can top it this year. Let's do it. <laughs> I, know, I know the people love PMO. It's such a talked about thing, such a well-attended thing. And uh, can't wait to get into that. We will jump into the show itself here in just a minute. But before we do that, Let's let our, our listeners just get to know you a little bit more, just in case uh, some of those listening this time were around two years ago. I'll just kind of introduce yourself, your title, your role, and maybe how long you've been with uh, PMO. Sure. My name is Jake Stensberg, and my title is Assistant Director of Purdue Musical Organizations. Uh, and within that, I'm the Assistant Director of the Purdueettes and the U Choir, uh, the University Choir, I'm the director of the All Campus and Community Chorale, and then I work with a number of small groups within that context too. So overall, I work with about 300 students a week and nine ensembles per week. Uh, and this is my fourth year, my fourth Christmas show with Purdue, so it's been a really, really exciting time. That's awesome. You're a busy man, especially. This I, I am, but I really love it. You know, I mean, it is busy, but it doesn't always feel like work, but it is always busy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. If you're enjoying it and it doesn't feel like, hey, that makes it even better, right? It is nice. It is nice. Awesome. Well, let's talk about this year's show. I know you guys had to make the, the tough decision to uh, go virtual for the second straight year here. Kind mm -hmm. of walk us through that decision and, and how tough that was, and then talk about how that maybe does or doesn't change preparations for the show. Yeah, it was a really tough decision to make, but um, over, I think it was a really smart decision with everything we're seeing now. We actually made the decision back in January um, of 2021. So the, it came about 11 months before the show. And at the time it was just the best decision we could make with what we knew going forward. Um, and it really affects the planning of the show. If we think about it in reverse order, the show premieres on December 17th. And if it were a live show, you could technically finish learning a song on December 16th. But when you have video editors and audio editors and venues to book and um, schedules to coordinate with all of the live musicians, you really need to have the show done a couple of weeks in advance, which means the music has to be learned earlier than normal, which means you have to start the music earlier than normal. So we really just had to push things back two or three weeks from where we normally start. Um, and it all came together really nicely in the end. We have actually just finished filming and it is off to the editors. Um, and so we're running on schedule at this point for our 12.01 um, a.m. release on December 17th. That's awesome. We'll get into that in a little bit here about how people can watch that and uh, buy tickets or you know the virtual stuff for that. Um, and you mentioned you know have to make this decision almost a calendar year ago, because I think as we talked, you know, last time, two years ago, you start pre preparing for next year's show basically as soon as this one is over, right? We do. Yeah. We'll take about three weeks off now from Christmas in general. We still work through the entire winter holiday, um, but we'll take about three weeks off before we have our first Christmas show debrief um, with the whole staff to talk about what happened, how did it go, 
what needs to change, what needs to stay the same, and what are we going to do next year? Yeah. And are those discussions already happening for next year's show as far as virtual or in person? Is it is it way too early to, to say at this point? I think it's a little too early to say, but, you know, we have our fingers crossed to be back filling up Elliott Hall of Music like we used to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just an incredible thing to be there in person. Obviously, I think the show will still be extremely incredible because of what mm. you guys will have already done. And you know, obviously the editing and everything is still going to be an, an incredible experience. But yes, that, there's nothing Definitely. like that show in, in person. Uh, let's talk about those, you know, continue on one more question. Just kind of following on those, those challenges when you're when you're practicing. I don't know if, you know, if they had to wear a mask when they're, they're practicing or if that's a time they can are allowed to take it off indoors and kind of talking about the challenges of prepping for this huge production during the COVID? We did have to wear masks throughout every rehearsal um, all throughout this year, which when it comes to singing makes some things really, really difficult. Sometimes it's hard to understand words or it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to know uh, the student reaction. You know, normally we can tell by their faces if they're really confident or if they're sort of guessing. Uh, and so it, it's a little bit more difficult. And another sort of COVID problem that we didn't have pre-COVID is that when a kid is sick, um, you know, they used to be out for a rehearsal. Now, if a kid is sick, they're out for eight rehearsals. And that's a lot of time for some ensembles. That's three weeks of practice or four weeks of practice. Um, and so it can be really hard to find that remedial opportunity to help students catch up if they're out for two weeks. It can be really difficult, but um, different than last year, we could rehearse indoors this year, which has made a world of difference in our preparation. So that was a really, really nice thing to come back into the building um, and work with kids a bit much closer than we were last year outside. Yeah, especially especially as it gets colder too. I'm sure they enjoy being indoors. It's really hard. And we're across from the new um, Dudley and Lambertus Hall. And so we were outside with construction all year last year. And so to have, you know, like free of jackhammers and chainsaws was a nice, <laughs> a nice change of pace. No kidding. Wow. Well, we mentioned already kind of how you, you start already preparing for next year's show almost a full year in advance. Talk about just when you start coming up with that show, you kind of plan it, you know, and start making those decisions. The song selection and all that, when does that start happening? It starts pretty um, early in that process. We start to talk about maybe themes that we're interested in or formats that we're interested in or how do we want groups to work together? Do we want all the groups to stay separate? So some of those formatting options, um, we, we normally have a pretty delineated first half and second half. And so once we determine that format that we're looking for, it's really much simpler to start diving into what is the repertoire that we want to feature in the concert. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So the repertoire, the music choices will probably start March, April. Okay. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is a, it's a pretty much a never ending project for you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always Christmas at PMO, which can be happy and it can be hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's so cool and then you know as you're working on this and I don't want you to you know you know give away anything from the show that you want to keep a surprise but as you're kind of working on this what, what's your favorite part of, of, of putting the show together you know this is an easy one this year um, we were permitted um, by the protect Purdue committee and Dr. Esteban Ramirez to um, if every kid has a test within 72 hours of stepping on stage they have the option of filming with their mask off. So for some students, it's the first time I've ever seen their faces. 
Um, and the first time that they've ever been able to see each other's faces while performing. And so to be able to peek up from the orchestra pit and see them actually smile, like with their teeth and everything has, I mean, it is something that I'll never forget. It's been two years now in the making of not really seeing any faces while singing. And so this was so, so special. That is by far my favorite part of this year's Christmas show is just seeing their faces. That's awesome. And, and then with uh, this year, again, I, I without giving away any spoilers, anything new or exciting that you can say about this year's show that might be different from a previous year that people should be watching for? Yeah, there are two new things that I'm really excited about in this year's show. One is we sort of adjusted the format. Um, if you came to the in-person show a couple of years ago, normally that second half of the concert was all of students, all of the students from PMO on stage singing about seven or eight songs in what we used to call the cantata. Uh, and that has totally changed this year. It's been reduced down to four songs. Um, and it's sort of uh, integrated throughout the show instead of first half, second half. Those are all sort of interspersed throughout. Um, we have our first song celebrating Hanukkah ever in the history of the Purdue Christmas show, which is a really exciting move to be making. Um, and we have a new staff member this year. Dr. Suki Wong comes to us from UW-Madison. Uh, and she created her own ensemble and they have a piece that's featured in this year's Christmas show. So I guess that was three things, but there's just so much to talk about and I love sharing it. So I don't think that spoils anything though. Definitely tune in to see all of those. And when you see this production, like you said, you, the video par portion is done. Uh, what is there, do you have a favorite number? Is it, are you allowed to pick a favorite? <laughs> mm. No, I'd have to think about it. Let's come back to that at the okay. very end. Awesome. Again, we, 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 we talked about these preparations and how long it is. Talk about uh, what this means for the students. You know, again, it's a year-long preparation for them, how they're handling that, especially balancing uh, practices um, and, and, and class, of course, on top of uh, all the challenges that COVID has brought. Just talk about how they're handling all this. They are total champions, and I honestly don't know how they pull it off sometimes. We did work really hard this year to reduce the number of hours spent outside of rehearsal. So that does mean maybe starting the in-rehearsal portion a little earlier than usual. Um, but we really tried to reduce the number of hours by about 75% that they would normally spend in the evenings. Uh, and that's part of just a general... Uh, momentum we're building towards uh, mental wellness and mental health for our students. Uh, and so that has really helped a lot, but it's still a lot of work to do. It's a ton of memorization. If you're in a group that has choreography, there's no way to only do that in rehearsal 50 minutes, five days a week. You have to be practicing outside and they completely nailed it. And so I'm always always so proud of them, but especially at this time of year when the sun starts to set a little bit earlier and it's dark when you wake up and dark when you leave, they are always a constant light for mm -hmm. us and for each other. And so that's always something that I'm so proud of to be a part of and to watch them grow into. That's awesome, man. It's so great to hear. And yeah, just again, you know, I've said this so many times on, on this podcast, it just how well the students have bought in to everything surrounding the protect, I always mess that up. The protect <laughs> plan and and just and doing doing their part, uh, whatever they were comfortable with, mass vaccines, whatever it was, mm -hmm. but everybody's you know doing their best to 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 play their part and to, to make this work. I mean, it's been incredible to see what Purdue has done and to allow even though it's virtual to allow this this program such a huge 
production to to go on especially when it involves so many people yeah it's incredible you know whether the show is you know in person or like last year virtual just talk about the feedback you get from the community and how maybe that kind of keeps you guys going as well and just uh, i mean obviously like we mentioned at the top this is my fourth most listened to episode a couple of years ago uh just you hear so you see so much stuff on social media and, and hear about it the community how big of a, a deal the pmo christmas show is just talk about how that feedback from the community just you know gives you guys an extra boost as well it does always feel really good. One of the first things we always hear is that it sounds and looks like a professional Broadway production that you would never guess one, that they're students and two students that don't take music theory, music history, um, applied voice lessons. We don't have a, a school of music. Um, and, and we know, of course, as the staff, how great these students are because we are privileged to see them and work with them every single day. But for some people, the Christmas show is like the single touch point in the year. That's their one um, path crossing with our students. And for them to every year come away realizing that they are young professionals that are just as good um, as everyone else doing this for a living, that's always really uh, validating to hear one as the person that taught them and two as their biggest advocate and supporter. I'm the biggest PMO fan. Um, I love all of our ensembles. Um, and so to hear that from the community is always really empowering. Uh, and then the second kind of warm and fuzzy thing that we hear from the community is that that for them is when Christmas begins. Um, you know, so this year, normally it's the first weekend in December, so it would be already done by now. Um, but with it coming out December 17th, I know that that's a time that Christmas begins for a lot of families. Uh, we already know a lot of groups and a lot of our supporters that have dinner parties planned or people coming over or that's the date of their family celebration because that's when they'll watch the PMO Christmas show. So to know that we're a part of people's family tradition during such a, um, a time of connection during the year is really, really special. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the show. We've been we've been building it up. Let's talk about how people can watch it. Uh, you mentioned December seventeenth, correct? At twelve oh one a.m. Yes. Available. Talk about how people can find that. Okay, it's different this year than last year, so this is an important part. It's available at pmobroadcasting.com, which is a new broadcasting channel that we're doing. Um, there are other performances up there throughout the year. There'll be exclusive performances for that channel only. All of our spring concerts will be on that as well. Uh, and that uh, ticket purchasing uh, has three different options. You can buy a two-day pass that comes at $14. And that starts from the moment you click purchase. So it doesn't start the next day or you don't choose when that two-day pass is activated. From the moment you purchase, you have access for two days. That's $14. We have a month-long pass for $20 and a year-long pass for $40. Uh, and so we recommend if you just want to watch that one uh, to uh, on the 17th, when you're ready to watch it, log in, buy your two-day pass, it will be there uh, and watch that with your family. Uh, and if you're really excited for the spring concerts or you're from out of town and you're not sure if you'll be here, go ahead and buy the annual pass for $40. I think it's a really great value. Uh, and like I said, we'll have some exclusive content and all of our spring concerts uploaded there as well. That's awesome. And then where, where can people go to find that? Just Google PMO Christmas show or? Um, I think typing into your search bar, uh, www.pmobroadcasting.com. 
Um, or if you go to purdue.edu slash PMO, there'll be a link there as well. Appreciate that. I, you did say that uh, website already. I apologize for that. No I problem. Also, no problem at all. I will also include that anybody who's watching this video interview on our website, if you just look below, I will include links for that as well to make it easy for you uh, to find as well. And again, just talk about, you know, uh, the, the, that cost, the benefit that does what that money goes to as far as helping PMO do what you guys are doing. I would love to talk about that. This is always a really difficult thing for us. Um, we receive 15, that's one five, 15% of our annual operating budget from the university and the other 85% we get from people who buy tickets. People that loved a show, had dinner with a student, loved what they saw, donated extra. Uh, that's where all of our money for all of our programming comes from. Uh, and new uh, this year, we've gone to a fee-free organization style, which means when we send students to Florida, New York, Ohio, or Hawaii in the next six months, none of those students are paying a single penny to go. Uh, and we just love to remove those barriers, but we can only do that through people who want to buy a ticket or subscribe for two days for $14 to see the virtual Christmas show or pay $40 to see the Christmas show and then watch the spring show and spring spectacular and the end of season. Um, we really, really uh, value and appreciate the support and we are really great stewards of the donations we receive. Um, and so highly recommend buying that ticket. And if you're able to at the holiday season and have a little giving spirit and a little more to give, um, we'll put that money to great use, providing world-class experiences for our students. That's so awesome. And, and if people are uh, interested or inspired to do that, would they just pay extra for a ticket or is there a separate place for them to go donate on the website? They can make that donation at purdue.edu slash PMO. Awesome. That's great. And then people can follow you on social media as well. Yeah, Purdue um, uh, musical organizations, our handle is Purdue PMO. That'll be on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, and we have a Facebook page as well, where all of this information will be shared in addition. That's awesome. That's so great. Now, Jake, as we're wrapping up, anything else you want our listeners or viewers to know? I would say that if this is your first time or your 80th time seeing the Purdue Christmas show, there's going to be something special, something new, um, something that you'll want to share with others. And when you have that feeling of, wow, I think that my friend or my sister or my nephew would really love this, don't wait. Get out your phone, send an email, send a text, include the link um, and share it with everyone you can. We're so proud of our students' accomplishments um, and we just want the world to know. Uh, and that's one positive, I guess, one silver lining is now that our concerts are being produced in this virtual space that they can go out into the world. Um, so share it with everyone you can. Um, and you know, tell us on Facebook, tell us on Instagram what you're loving about it, what your favorite thing is, what your favorite costume, your favorite choreography number. Tell us about it. We'd love to know. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's very important to point out, you know, maybe disappointing that somebody can't see it in person, especially somebody who lives in the, the Lafayette community. But what an incredible opportunity for more people to be able to see this across the, the whole globe uh, because of the virtual option this year. And uh, that's just awesome. So, yes, anybody who's listening to this or sees it on social media or Tell a friend, you know, just to, to get more people uh, to be able to, to buy a ticket and watch and, and donate if they uh, if they so can. Absolutely. Awesome. Jake, as we're wrapping up, I'm going to try to put you back on the spot. Did you think of your uh, your favorite part of this year's show? 
You know, there's a really gorgeous uh, number in the middle of the set, and it's by the University Choir, um, and it's by a Filipino composer who lives in Los Angeles. His name is Sonder Choi. Uh, it's called Angels We Have Heard on High, but it's uh, a different flavor on the traditional carol. And I love it so much because at the end of March, Saunders coming to campus for three days and he'll work with our students on a new piece he's writing for us. Um, but his music is really colorful and it's super rhythmic. So it, um, it's both gorgeous and has this driving energy behind it. It's my favorite number to have worked on. I helped teach it. I helped pick that one. Uh, and so that's a personal favorite of my own. That's awesome. It's one of my uh, favorite Christmas hymns. So uh, I'll be interested to see his or uh, hear his arrangement on that. That'll be awesome. Great. Awesome. Hey, Jake, thank you so much for uh, taking the time during your busy, busy season to uh, talk to us here on the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Thanks a lot, Adam. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Boiler up. Boiler up.